This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. Our scripture today was based on Hebrews. And it's Hebrews 12. And it's 1 through 4. But it's interesting because he kind of moved me to go to Philippians 2 afterwards. <laughs> um, and it says in Hebrews, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a, such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily ties us up or entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on our husbands, our kids, I'm sorry, on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? And then it says, he says, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Do you know whose you are? You're a child of a king. And I want you to wrap your head around that. And I'm going to elaborate a little more on that. But you are a daughter and a son of a king. Don't ever forget that. The first brick. Who's got a brick? You got a brick. What do you want to name that brick? Well, yeah, you got to tell them, put it in the suitcase. All right. All right. Next brick. <laughs> I love your mama. <laughs> Me and her struggle the same stuff. Um, <laughs> next brick. Who's got a brick? What do you call yours? Kind. Kind? Okay. Go ahead and put it in the, the suitcase. Next brick. Yes, ma'am. Any kind of things that may bother you or... I'm not being good enough? Good. Go ahead and put it up there in the suitcase. Anybody else have a brick? Yes, sir. Your future. Uncertainty. Yes. Go ahead and put it in the suitcase. Yes, ma'am. Procrastination. Go ahead and put it in the suitcase. Anybody else? No more brick. Oh, yes, ma'am. What is it? School. Okay. Go ahead and put it in the suitcase. Any other bricks? This is them. They're done. Okay. I'm going to seal this up, or I'm going to close it. And I need a strong guy to come carry this for me. Oh, you have a brick. What is it? <laughs> okay. You want me to put it up there? Because I'm going to put it on the stage since the suitcase has been sealed. Oh, you opened it. Never mind. <laughs> it's going in. All right. I need a gentleman up here that can carry this just for a few minutes around. All right. 
So just pick it up and carry it. Don't roll it. You got to carry this. <laughs> Go ahead and walk around a little bit. Enjoy yourself. No, you can carry it just like that. You can switch off if you want. <laughs> In Philippians 2, it says, Dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am not and that I'm away from you, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. I want you to think about that for a minute. As he's carrying those bricks around, every day... We have bricks that are maybe, don't throw them at me, but are thrown at us and given to us. And we choose to carry these things around with us all the time. Now, if you had to carry this around every day, all day, never setting it down, and even sleeping with it and everything else, would it be burdensome after a while? Yeah. Is it heavy? But if you did it constantly, constantly and never stopped. That's right. We, but we do do it every day. Thank you so much. Let him know that he is appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes we pick our bricks and we carry them with us every day and we're exhausted. We're tired. We don't know what to do. We get tired because of the, you know, some of our bricks could be rejection, could be addictions, you know, issues with family and stuff. But do you know whose you are? Do you know whose you are? Because you're a daughter and a son of a king. And when we have these bricks, what happens sometimes when we got so many bricks and we just can't take, care, you know, can't take it anymore, and then somebody tries to get close to us? What do we do with those bricks? There you go. Build a wall. And those walls get higher and higher, and we add more bricks to them. Shame, guilt, fear. Fear is the father of failure. It's the false evidence appearing real as well. But you're a daughter and a son of a king. So when you have these bricks, he says in his word that I will take those from you. I will take every bit of it from you and I will carry those. I took that to the cross. You know, no matter what took place in your life before, you can pin whatever name you want. I don't care because my Lord died for me. He died for me and he took it all away. So what people might say because of ugliness or whatever, it doesn't matter. When there's a chance to go and say, look, I'm sorry I offended you or I hurt you, forgive me, we do that. And that takes a brick down because then we're not walking around with guilt. When something happens in our life, and some of us have gone through some horrific stuff, and I mean some things are terrible, but he doesn't want us carrying those all our life. He wants us to lay it down. I want to pass these little jars around. These things will get away from if you're not careful. Just take one. What do you think they might be? Little tiny mustard seeds. And they are so fun because when you drop them, they go everywhere and you're not going to catch them. They seem to have a mind of their own. They roll away when you try to get close to them. It's crazy. It's like, but they are the tiniest thing. But the plant they grow is amazing. You're a son and a daughter of a king. Let me tell you something. Some of us might not have known who our dads were. Maybe we were raised by other family members and not know who, or maybe our moms and dads gave us both away. Let me tell you something. God created you, and it says in his word, in the secret place. 
He's the one that formed you. And I believe he kissed you before he placed you in your mother's womb. He knew that both my parents were going to be alcoholics. There was no, God was not up there wringing his hands going, oh my goodness, what has happened here? You know, Yvette's mom and them are drinking. He knew when I left home at the age of 10 and I got on the streets and did what I did to do to survive out there, I would have a child at 15. He wasn't up there wringing his hands going, what in the world? Mm -mm. He also knew that I would take that mess and make it my message and that test and make it my testimony when I decided to go ahead and become a cop, which was the craziest thing that I could ever have done because I used to run from them. Of course, I went to another county when I became one, so they didn't know me. <laughs> I thought, oh, I can't go PD Orange County. I got to go over this way. You know, so, <laughs> so when I got on there, I worked the worst sections and I sat there and worked. I started to help start the gang unit in the county that I was in and worked with these young people and knowing that, you know what, these people, these young people need us. They need you young people in here to reach out to them. You are not a mistake. I get so tired of saying, oh, that child, she got pregnant and now that baby's a mistake. That baby's not a mistake. God created that baby and you better quit telling him what mistakes he made because I've always told him stuff. I've said, you know, you really should do this. And God's like, okay, but I'm God. I got this. I'm like, yeah, you are, <laughs> you know. Nobody's a mistake. He knew the stuff that you were going to go through. He knew what family you were going to be given to. And he knew exactly what plan he has for you. Are you willing to step up and take it? Are you willing to step up and step out there and not have to conform to what's out there, but sit there and help reach what's out there? There are people dying daily out here. I mean daily. And I always used to be the one that would say, mm -hmm, what do you got going on here? Show me this, show me that, do this, do that. No. Once I found the Lord, it was like, oh my goodness. What are you doing to represent me? What are you doing to represent me? Either this word is real or it's not. Either God is God or he isn't. You know, he's not up there wringing his hands going, what's going on? He's coming back for a bride. And you're part of that. But he's not coming back for a schizophrenic bride. He's coming back for one who is going to sit there and go, I will go. Could you die? You sure could. You know, but what about the stuff that entangles us? I'm going to set this down for a minute. I need uh, another gentleman to come up here. One that can carry this without hurting your back. <laughs> well, I could get a bunch of women to come up here and they can each carry a little bit of it. <laughs> If you could put a little bit around your neck, I want to hurt you, just grab the rest of it, just let it first fall on your toes, and just kind of walk around a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a little, that's a little uncomfortable, right? We have these chains that so easily entangle us. What is it that's got you so wrapped up? Don't drop it on your toe, it's going to hurt. <laughs> now, if you had to do that every day, all day, night and day, would that be kind of burdensome? Yeah, <laughs> but yet we choose to chain ourselves sometimes to these bricks that we keep uh, collecting, and it's not good. You have a mustard seed in your hand. Hopefully, it still stayed there. All right, let me take that off of you. <laughs> and I'm just going to set it down. Got it? What's that sound like? <laughs> Burdens? heaviness but when you hear it hit 
That's the sound of freedom. You have got freedom if you'll choose to take it. Or else I can come back and pick this up. We are dead men walking. When we died to Christ, we died. And when I was sitting there one day in my pity party going, well, I don't get it, Lord. Why did you do this? Why did you allow this? It's like, what are you doing living? And I'm like, beg your pardon? It's like, what are you doing living? You died to this. You were raised up with me. Why do you choose to go back to something that is stench and garbage and yuck and death? Quit picking it up. Walk out in faith, in your poverty, in your no job, in the things that have so easily entangled you. Walk away from it. Walk out and say, all right, Lord, I'll go. I will do it. You are a daughter and a son of a king. You are royalty. We need to take our place at the table and quit eating the crumbs off the floor. We need to quit conforming to what this world thinks we should be because seriously, your religion is not going to save you. Your relationship with Christ is. You have chosen where we're at here because we love our denomination and what it represents, but it will not save you. Your husband is not going to save you. He did not crawl up on that cross and die. He didn't lay in that grave for three days. He didn't raise up again, and he ain't coming back to get you. You know, your children are not going to save you. Your job's not going to save you. Let me tell you, when he decides to let everything be stripped from you, he will allow it. You know, I had two partners killed. I was almost killed in one thing. I lost my career because of an injury in September 11, 2006. Not a career-ending injury on my part. Because I got injured, it could have kept going. But the bottom line is, it's like I had to let it happen, Yvette, because... You, from this size on, had to always be in control. And sweetheart, you're not in control of anything. I am your father. When your dad left, I was always your father. I created you. I gave you the brown eyes, the dark hair. I created you, not your mom and dad. I didn't make a mistake when I gave you the parents that I gave you or whom you were born to or who left. I am your father. The one that left you as a husband. I am your husband. Amen. You know, until you get a husband and I pick him for you, I am your husband. Until you get a wife and I pick her for you, I will hang in there with you. You don't have to go over and do this, this, and this. It's all good. There's nothing wrong with you because I created you. And it's interesting because we're to shine brightly for Christ in Philippians 2. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Let me tell you, I can be the queen of arguing and whining. I'm serious. I can whine and cry like the best. But I don't understand. Why did you let this happen? What is this going to do now? Oh my goodness. I have lived on peanut butter and oatmeal. I had lived on that for almost two years. <laughs> and I still like it. <laughs> it's kind of like the manna. It's just oatmeal and peanut butter. You know, <laughs> didn't come out of, out of the sky, but... It's good, and I still eat it. I'm like, oh, man, I could do with some peanut butter on toast and some oatmeal. It's like, my goodness, you lived on that for two years. What are you, nuts? Yeah, but it's good because there's no complaining or arguing. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. We have a person where I work at, and he watches Christians. 
And he says, you want to know why I'm not one? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I'm good. You want to tell somebody else? <laughs> and he's like, he said, because this one's a Christian, but he's having an affair over here. But he says, that's okay, because God knows my heart. He knows that. I'm thinking, oh, please stop. You know, mm -mm. what are you portraying? Are we portraying that, oh my God, God is not enough and he can't take care of us because we don't have what we want? Come on, he takes care of us no matter where we're at. You know, we are to be the salt and light of the world. You know, we are to be that. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. There's some girls that walk up and down my street over here on Dean Road, and they're, they're prostitutes. That's what they do, you know? And I pulled up to one one day, and I just looked at her, and she just sat there and looked at me, and I handed her a Bible, never said a word to her, and she just wept. And, of course, my brother has a house church, and inside the Bible it has the address of the house church because his doors are open. That door is open 24-7. They can come in any time. And it's like... I didn't need to say anything to her. Didn't have to do that. She probably has heard about God. She's probably seen him. You know, maybe a grandmother or somebody's been praying for her. All you have to do is step out. And sometimes our comfort zone outside these doors is a little, you know, rough. It's tough sometimes. We're not to judge them either. Hold firmly to the world, I'm sorry, hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. Your faithful service, what are you doing to serve? You know, is it something that you can sit there and say, wow, you know what, I did this. I, I get in elevators and I stand in an elevator and everybody gets in the elevator, everybody's like this. So I sit there and I go. And I'm like, what are we looking for? And they're like, oh, well, nothing, nothing. It's, we're just in an elevator. I'm like, oh, so how are you doing? Good. Or they'll get in the elevator and they'll, I mean, we're in a box. And I'm like, is there something up there? Well, No. Oh, okay, I was just checking. How's your day going? You know, I mean, you can, you can hit people like this, and they're just like, whoa, wait, uh, you know, they don't know what to do with it. But make them smile, and you will smile with them. You are a daughter and a son of a king. Oh, my goodness, do you understand the royalty that you have? Do you understand that your prince and princesses, possibly kings and queens, when some people say it in that way, when you read the word, the way he describes us, then we live like we're only to take the crumbs from the floor. We're to take those crumbs from the people that are trying to live on the floor and tell them, no, 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 get up. Get up. You don't have to be down there. Stand up. Walk with them. Don't judge. I was the worst of the worst. I'm telling you, you have no idea. I was the worst of the worst. And I could cut someone that quick with a word. Or I could judge somebody. I was saying in the first service, I'd see him with a bike. Where'd you get the bike? My birthday? Flip it. Let me run serial numbers. Do you realize how horrible that was? That's terrible. And then I found God and thought, you know what, Yvette, where'd you get this at? Flip it. Let me read the serial numbers. <laughs> I'm like, no, Lord, I'm good. You know, 
If we'll only know whose we are, take the place at the table and understand that there is a crowd of witnesses watching us here in our own neighborhoods, here at our jobs, here in our schools and places like that. What are we doing to make a difference? We need to be able to be so transparent and the church needs to be so safe that when we are transparent and somebody comes in here, they know that nobody's going to be going, uh -huh. you know? We should be so transparent that I can come to you and say, this is what's going on. And somebody not go, oh, guess what's going on? Not flip it. This church, it needs to be a safe haven, a sanctuary, right? A sanctuary where it is safe, where any gender can come in. I had them come in off the streets. Again, when they were doing their jobs on the streets, they would pop into a church just to sit there. Maybe something compelled them. And then these ladies, the, the, the greeting ladies kept saying, they can't come in. She's not dressed appropriately. She's, it's like, no, no, leave it alone. It's good. It's all good. You know, maybe that's the one time the Holy Spirit nudged them to come in. And you can't sit there and do that. That little mustard seed you have in your hand, if you're still able to hold on to it, <laughs> it's really tiny, but it grows a huge bush. When you plant the real mustard seeds, it grows a huge bush. That little mustard seed, it says in Matthew, and I think I have it marked here. It says in Matthew, in Matthew 20, actually 19, afterward the disciples asked Jesus privately, why could we not cast out the demons and do what you did? He said, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told him, I tell you the truth. Anytime he says, I tell you the truth, you better take it, because he's meaning. If you had the faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Open your mouths and say, move it. Take it. Open your mouths and take that little mustache and say, move it. Move it, rejection. Move it, abandonment. Move alcoholism. Move drug addiction. Move immorality. Move out. Go. And then say, in the name of Jesus, say, yo, look, I've got this. We are going to be able to do this. Move it. He's not talking about moving the smoky mountains. He's talking about what is the mountain in your life that you keep going around over and over and over again, and 40 years later, you're still going around it. Nuh-uh. Move that mountain with your faith. And if you need someone to do it, then hook up with someone and let them be your arm bearers to be able to do it with you. Because sometimes we got to have that. And that's where transparency and safeness in a church comes from. You have to be able to be saying, I need your help. I need an arm bearer and know that I can trust and that nothing is going to come out of it in a bad way. That's what your mustard seed does. My goodness, it's tiny. And you know what? You got more faith than that. You got more faith than that little seed. But there are days when you are down so bad and it's like if you can just say, oh my goodness, Lord, I just need a mustard seed of faith right now. And he's going, you got it. I got it for you. Things are going to happen. The world is growing darker and darker daily. Our brothers and sisters in India are fixing to get nailed if they haven't already with a cyclone that is 196 mile an hour winds and it covers half the country area. 
They are saying this is going to be an amazing issue. And we prayed for them this morning. And we need to keep them in prayer because Christians or no Christians or whatever, these are God's children and they need us. And God's children are out there turning themselves over to men. And God's children are over there outside these doors turning themselves over to drugs and alcoholism and to addictions. We got jail cells full of it. We've got juvenile facilities overwhelmingly. What are we doing? We need to pray because prayer is what's going to move it. And that mustard seed you got will move it for them. So come together collaboratively, unite. Don't let division and deception and dissension cause any issues. If you have something against your brother and sister, set your stuff at the altar, go to them and say, I am sorry, and pray, and ask them for forgiveness. And don't go, well, I didn't do anything. No, it doesn't matter. Open that door of, you know, of reassurance that they know it's safe. Open it up. And for you young people, reach out to your friends Reach out to your friends. Take the mustard seed and use it. You've broken the chains off. You knock the walls down. And that crown of thorns is just a symbol because it's not about the cross. It's about the resurrection. It's about he came back. The cross was part of it, but he is alive. And we don't need to be living like he is dead. And keep pleading and begging like, hello, he's up there for us. And he's like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back soon. And I'm coming to get my bride. And I'm coming to get my children. Help me. Does Jesus need us to go out here and do it? He he can do it all. But we're his hands and feet. We're the only Jesus some people will see. My heart breaks to see the kids. I work in a college. And I'm telling you, man, I see these young people and they're hungry. They are hungry. They know me all over the college campus. It's like, could you pray for me, please? Yeah, we'll stand under a tree. I don't care. You know, when you've lost somebody, when you lost a child or you've lost a marriage or you've lost a friend, and I know some of you young people here probably have lost some friends. And that your hope is in Jesus Christ. He is your anchor. And that's all I can leave you with is he is your anchor. He is the one that you run to. Because man will fail you. Not meaningly, but he will. I will. I have done it. And I am so sorry for those that I have hurt. And it's not about me. You die to self and you raise up in Christ. When people see you, they should see him. When you look in the mirror and you say, well, who do you see in the mirror? Well, I see me. Start reading the scriptures more and say, I see Jesus. Look at yourself. Somebody said low self-worth earlier. You are a daughter of a king. Look in the mirror and say, I am royalty. And I know that sounds crazy, but tell yourself who you are. If you have to write it, well, not with you guys with lipstick, but girls, if you have lipstick, you could write it on there. I'm a princess, guys. Write it with a perma marker. But know whose you are. Remember who, whose you are. Because I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be, but Lord? But Lord? Well, you know, God, I don't ever want to hear I never knew you. Never want to hear that. You're a daughter of a king. You're a son of a king. You're a prince and a princess. Step up to the table. Take your place because it's only a short while before we'll really be eating and having that supper with the lamb. And it's going to be great. Ooh, Lord, I just thank you right now for my brothers and sisters in here. I thank you, Father, for who they are and whose they are. I thank you, Lord, that you are not a man. That you are God. You are the great I am. You are the one that sees everything and not surprised by anything. Though Jesus 
died, you see us through his eyes. You don't see the ugly. You see Jesus. Let us be his representatives, Father. Father, I just praise you right now. I thank you that you only said if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move this. So, Lord, we're going to hand over all our stuff, all our junk, all our bricks and chains, and we're breaking them off because you broke them off of us when you were on that cross. And then you rose again, and that clenched it. That sealed it for us, Lord. And that you are coming back.